0: This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. I didn't even come up with a joke because that's how boring Delaware is.
1: Project humanoid. This is murder, my dude. I'm BP Bird.
0: And I hate Delaware.
1: Is that your name?
0: No, no, it's it's Jackson a- I thought you were like a caveman. And I hate Delaware. That sounds more Native American, and you sound insensitive. Oh, I'm sorry. And yeah. I hate Delaware. No, that's Ogie. O- was Ogie a caveman? Ogie was cave Ogie was caveman, yeah. Ogie, Ogie was, was, caveman. was caveman who liked hockey. And and finger and eleven and figure- fingers. And eleven fingers. And Canada. And Turkey Hill, dynasty, dice tea
1: And uh, two-inch vinyl mini blinds. So
0: we went over this a thousand times already uh-huh. uh, on different shows of what Ogie was. If anybody doesn't know who Ogie was, Ogie was this character. Uh, a character I created based off of our buddy Ogie, who was supposed to do a show with us, who kind of just like flaked out. And I was getting pissed off because we, we seem to have a problem with this where we we try to get this is why it ends up just being the two of us Mm -hmm. because anytime we try to get a third mic they flake out and as you know he was supposed to do a show he didn't do it and so i got pissed off and i was like you know what i'm i'm going to be ogi
1: yeah and i think he was just supposed to do like sports and music reviews or something He was gonna like a spot so that's what we did with ogi he just had a sports report and at the very beginning he had a uh, music review thing too
0: right and it was like uh, oh Ogie's Hockey and Sports Report. And then I would just, like, just read things. Yeah. Of, like, like, if you were... Go ahead. So, talk.
1: Yeah, so there would just be this thing where, just say, this week would probably be about Andrew Luck retiring.
0: This okay. week would be about Andrew Luck retiring.
1: And Ogie also would always like Spud Web.
0: Spud Web and Cabos. Stuff snacks. Buffalo blue cheese. Mmm. And that's what he would do. He would just, for whatever reason... There would be like non sequiturs. There would be, he would just re- read recipes. Yeah. He would he would give you the URL, <laughs> yeah. the full URL. He like pound sign, <laughs> pound sign. This is when the hashtag yeah. was known as the pound sign. Yeah, yeah. This is how long ago Ogie goes back. Yeah. Oh, Ogie's hockey and sports report, which we didn't realize that Ogie was basically strong band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you he, if he listen to it close enough, it, it's that very- was great. Yeah, it's very close to Strong Bad. I think we kind of leaned into the that. The Cheat. One. Yeah, I mean, it's like, ho- ho- or, uh, Strong Bad is more like, uh, The Cheat is not dead. It, yeah. It, it, it's, it's it, ho- uh, What's his name? Uh, Strong Bad. Oh, oh, okay. Strong Bad. Strong Bad's closer like, Strong Bad like this, and he wears boxing gloves and a mask. Oh. And then you have, Ogi. Ogi, and And I didn't, intentionally mm-hmm. rip them off and then you draw olgie as having like one leg and- <laughs> yeah and purple yeah purple sweatpants yeah with one leg uh a flyers jersey a flyers jersey long fucking hair and like and two like teeth two no he had like oh. he had teeth but they were like oh they're just like very like they look askew. like stonehenge oh, okay it i love that's my favorite uh it's my favorite um like just quip or whatever, you know, favorite insult to uh, throw out. It's somebody that has, like, fucked up teeth. They look like Stonehenge. Yeah. I, I, I said that one time, and I got a, I, I got a big fucking, a big pop from that. Because I, <laughs> I was arguing with somebody, and it was, like, in a chat room. And somebody said something. I was like, I said something. I was like, fuck you. That's why your teeth look like Stonehenge. And people lost it. <laughs> and and I was like, all right. I got more laughs on that joke than that stage got yesterday at Skooksta. Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, Skookstock was a hit. Um, Our good friend Tony from Interviews with Everyday People uh, over at the IWEP family, he uh, put on an excellent show. Uh, There were uh, six comedians, eight bands. And a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, There was not. um, There was a beach ball in a tree, though. I did see that. Beach ball in a tree, yeah. Yeah. There
1: were a couple beach balls in trees, actually. Uh, One of the bands Look Alive, they brought like a dozen beach balls and... We're just throwing them out into the crowd. And people were hitting them around, and they—I think they lasted the rest of the night for the most part. But one or two of them did
0: wind up. I, in tree. I know. I checked the uh, checked the bags and stuff when they were bringing them in, because uh, uh, there were uh, there was girls that brought them in. Oh, okay. And they had the pumps for them and everything. Oh, uh, that was that. What that I remember the pump. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we worked security. We uh, uh, now technically we weren't being called security at first uh or ever really yeah we're bag checking we're bag checking but that is security that's yeah. what security does and we were de facto security basically i guess because uh the security didn't show up <laughs> There's no legit security, but nobody knew that no. because I was telling people that there were going to be undercover cops walking around. So when people hear that, they have yeah. no idea. Exactly. Yeah, you know, so they there just
1: the illusion of security.
0: Yeah, they uh, think that there is. So but but we were wearing our tennis ball colored shirts
1: and luckily nothing was hurt but a lighting rig.
0: Yeah, uh will get to that in a second. <laughs> so so we're doing uh we're we're checking your uh, BP over here was doing um uh ID ID checks, checks. he was checking IDs I was checking bags and patting people down There was a girl helping me for a little bit I had a blast though Doing it, and except for like the one Now, uh, there's an older guy He, when I went to pat him down He's like, I'd rather have her do it (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. and then the girl Was like, like why why does that even need to be said yeah like you know and i'm like because he thinks it's funny and his generation like you're not going to convince them that it's not funny to them right and you know i was like it's that's why we have to you know make sure that our the the next generation doesn't you know do stuff like that or right. act like that and it is fading if it's phasing out you know it's going away you just have to understand like you can't change that old person
1: i have to understand there would be no phasing at that show yesterday Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or coffee <laughs> or coffee yeah, yeah. I could have used some coffee that was a long day but it was fun it, it, was, was, it, it, was, a, it was
0: it was a fun it day It was. so there was a lot of great bands headliner was Crobot and during the Crobots uh, set uh, there is a guy there who works actually he's a, uh, a tattoo artist he works with Bishop who is the uh, guitarist for Crobot um, and this gentleman's name is Big Chuck Okay, I've had the pleasure of uh, talking to Big Chuck down in uh, Wyoming, missing about forty five minutes away from where where I live. Uh, I ran into him down there. Uh, we were talking sneakers and stuff. He actually bought a pair of sneakers that I had in my hand that I was going to get, but I didn't. He he ended up uh, buying them. He ended up like taking them and buying them because I think we wear the same size, like thirteens. Um. Anyway, he uh, fucking, he's there, and because he, he works with Bishop, and he was running. I think he was doing like the merch uh, stand. Oh, okay. And stuff. And he's a, he's a large gentleman. Okay. So I'm three fifty. I'm six one, three fifty. Uh, And my heaviest, I was four thirty six. I look at Big Chuck. I'm guessing five hundred pounds. I he's a to, large man. If I have to guess, is five hundred pounds. He looks like he could be my brother. He's got. He has a big red beard. Wears glasses. You know, like button-down shirts. Like he just looks like he could be my brother, or like my old, you know, heavier older brother. I think he's older than me. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he's definitely a, a big fella, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's in the doorway of the stage as they're pl- I don't remember which song it was, and he is fucking into it. The, head, the head's bobbing. He's like, he's got this face. Like if he were to, if, if he were to be saying anything, it would be like, yeah like that's just what his face looks right. like right and i'm in the crowd and i'm watching it and i'm like oh damn i was like all right big chuck is feeling this but why is he in the doorway you know but like he's like and now he's like holding on like and he's like in the doorway like his body so i was like what why is he really i was like all right i guess because he works with bishop whatever you know and he's in it and i was like damn all right he's feeling it he's feeling it but my brain starts in, to like analyze things in slow motion and right. I'm and I'm like, why is he, t-? and then all of a sudden, I go, no, 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 because I see Big Chuck run across the stage, and there's a 500-pound man running across the fucking stage, and I go, a- as fast as he ran, I'm thinking, like, well, maybe he's just trying to run across real quick to get off the stage stage but then i'm like that doesn't make sense because he's in a doorway all he had to do was just turn around and just you know yeah. not be on the stage at all right and i was like if and if he had to get to that side of the stage he would have just went around i think i'm thinking all of these things in a matter of two seconds
1: not what happened it's like in sherlock holmes they're like first i do this then i do this then i do this
0: right yeah and it's like everything's like slow motion and played out and that's what my brain was doing and and no, that's not what happened. What happened was he decides to—he's feeling, he's feeling, he's feeling. He decides to run across the stage and stage dive.
1: And again, this is a man. that's called Big Chuck for a reason. It's not like one of those ironic nicknames.
0: Yeah, it's not like he's—he's he's, uh, right. five foot three and you know one hundred and twenty pounds. They call him Big Chuck. Right. Nope, he's probably six two, five hundred. He's—he's a—he's a big man. He's, what I'm getting? What I'm guessing? Anyway, he's that
1: you probably wouldn't want to catch if they're stage
0: diving. So he decides to run and just jump into the crowd. Just does a dive, does a tumble. He went head first, ass <laughs> overhead, ass over tea kettle, like a sunset say. flip. <laughs> he he uh, he tried to. Um, I don't know what's it called a uh, school a uh, schoolboy school- no the package <laughs> a small package small package a lighting rig. I'm guessing. I don't know if he tried to swanton the fucking speakers. I don't know what happened, but all I know is that quick, he runs across the stage and jumps, and there was nobody to catch him. (laughs) And he just ends up flying into the light rig and uh, speakers. And luckily, there was somebody there to catch the light. Yeah. Uh, But when I got over there, because i was talking to people like i think that's what happened was i wanted to go over to make sure it was okay but people were like what the fuck just happened and people kept stopping me to ask me and the reason why they were asking me is because of the shirt that i was wearing right because i was wearing the, the you know like the security shirt right so people kept talking to me mm-hmm. did you have people stopping you and no, like not really mm. i had people asking me a million things dude it was it was kind of cool because you feel important you know right i had people and i was like you know like People were asking well, people were asking you stuff at the front, like about the At the, the front, ATM. yeah,
1: like when I'm doing
0: like, But no, people were like asking me stuff as I was walking around.
1: Huh. You know, I didn't do as much walking around as you did. I was there for like one act. Right. And uh, the the rest of the time I was up front until Crowbot came on. Oh um, And at that point I didn't have my shirt on for at the time. I had my I had my the shirt I was wearing to the event. Right. I, I don't make it sound like no, I was topless, no, but
0: Yeah, so but so there was that. I was letting them titties hang out. Yeah, <laughs> letting the titties free the nipple um so there was that it was great man uh, i i thought it was fucking hilarious oh, it was, it was an amazing time i had a blast what, what i didn't like the, I what i didn't want i didn't want uh i didn't want speakers or light lighting yeah, rings or anything they, to they, damage they had some
1: technical issues and I, yeah i
0: didn't want where tony has to pay for it exactly
1: yeah, that's something like oh shit tony's gonna be like, i didn't yeah I didn't, I
0: didn't want that i thought it was hilarious but i was like i don't want tony to have to fucking yeah. i don't want him getting in trouble because this dude's being fucking crazy and he was crazy for that you know uh anyway fun fun fucking event um there was a situation with one of the comedians uh, where he just wasn't having uh, a best it wasn't it wasn't the right crowd for that
1: it's the nature of the beast not every set's gonna be a gem not every audience is gonna be good for that comedian so it's it sucks but that, that that
0: happens there's one little girl she was just like a little uh firecracker you know she just wouldn't stop uh-huh. She was tiny. She was—I don't know—maybe she's like five three. And she, she's the one that kept hand like high five, high fiving me every time she walked by. She would just keep high five. She was high fiving everybody though. I wanted to feel special, but right. I was the only one getting high fives all the time. But then I looked and I saw her high fiving someone else, and I'm like, this doesn't feel special anymore. I feel that there's not uh, a link here. No. I thought maybe there, maybe maybe there could have been something like you know, I thought there was a little flirting going on, but she was drunk. Oh, yes. Then again, then again, I looked at all, like, there was lots of people that would say things that sounded flirty, but I'm like, people are just playful flirty. Yeah. It's kind of like when you flirt with a waitress. Mm -hmm. You're not flirting with her because you're, you think you have a chance to go home and fuck her. You know, it's, you're just being playful. You're trying to break the ice. I think some waitresses think that, you know, you think you're trying to get in their pants. Right. But, like, I would do that all the time, like, when I had a girlfriend. And I was never trying to. There was actually one waitress that I uh, had a thing for when I was with someone. Really? One, yeah, one time. There was okay. a waitress. Because we would we would go there often. And uh, she was super sweet. She was really. Was, she, but she had, like, a great butt on her. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, but she was really pretty. And she was really fucking nice. And she was just like it was one of those like hey like she was always like so happy to see us you know like one of those deals right. and and she was like I think I think it was because of that I think it was because of how pleasant she was and how sweet and she just like down to earth because a lot of times you know it, uh, you, you get you catch attitudes but I think that that's what it was with with us too we were I don't think we were being like douchebags about it so people like yeah we were being comfortable. like
1: jerk off security like yeah acting like we're like like the SWAT team yeah we're just making jokes with people
0: right yeah we're making people laugh making people i, I thought we were you know i thought people were, were were happy with what we were doing yeah uh so anyway great time um but i have a little bit of sad news oh no yeah i have some sad news uh a game that uh just came recently uh to the show is gonna is gonna leave us now uh, at least. For a bit. At least
1: for a bit. Yeah. It's not gonna be an every week thing. It's gonna um, be
0: suspended. It's suspended right now. Yeah. The Florida Man game. So recently we we introduced a Florida man game to murder my dude. Uh but it was part of the Patreon package. Uh so where you would get an extra half hour um basically it's an extra case. If we cover two cases, then you get a third case. Uh so that half hour and then you get a, a game, the Florida Man game, where it would be Three stories, two of them are real, one is fake, and I would choose which game, or which uh, story, rather, is the real story. Unfortunately, um, I just, I, we, we, the Patreon thing's not going the way we want it right. to go. So what we're going to do is we're going to put that on hold, uh, and until we build a bigger audience, um, yeah, that's just going to be put on hold. So, Yeah, we'll
1: just maybe every month or two we'll instead of this week in murder we'll do a florida man game it'll it'll be around but
0: it won't be around every week but sometimes with bad news comes good news too at the end of the show we have a another amount uh, announcement or announcement too
1: we have both we have an announcement and an announcement we have an announcement yeah uh
0: at the end of the show we have an uh, announcement so stay tuned for that um yeah but <laughs> So we're gonna get into uh Say what? The first state soon. You ready? Say what? You excited for the first oh state? God, you know it. No, you're not. You're lying. No. no. I'm probably gonna nap during that. Probably gonna nap during uh Delaware.
1: But anyway, uh we don't need to talk about Delaware just yet, uh, because we're gonna actually get into This Week in Murder. And this week in Murder Oh, I thought you were pausing for like a jingle. <laughs> No, we don't have one, unfortunately. <laughs> um, this Week in Murder concerns uh, a few different things that are Delaware adjacent, but not necessarily Delaware. Uh, the first one is going to be about I-95, which runs through Delaware. The I-95 killer, Gary Ray Bowles. Oh, he ex- sounds
0: like he's going to kill a president.
1: He's he's dead, so he's not going to kill anybody. No. He was killed. He was executed late Thursday evening. Uh, and this is coming via the Florida Times-Union. Uh, they're describing what happened here. The first injection, a sedative, was administered at 10.44 p.m. after a series of ensuing injections, including a paralyzing agent and potassium acetate, which is what they used to kill people in lethal injections. Bowles was declared dead 14 minutes later. Thursday afternoon, uh, prison officials said Bowles had woken up earlier in the day in, quote, good spirits. As a supposed last meal, I don't know if I say supposed, it, I guess it was his last meal, he ate three cheeseburgers, french fries, and some bacon. He then apparently settled in to await his court's decision on his appeal, as did members of the media and others who had been brought into Florida State Prison at Stark to witness the execution. Bowles killed six gay men in three states during an eight-month period in 1994. The killing started in March 14, 1994, when Bowles struck John Hardy Roberts, 59, in the back of his, in the back of head with a ba- the base of a lamp inside his home on Vermont Avenue in Daytona Beach. Roberts was hurt but not fully incapacitated. He fought back nearly tearing off a fingertip during the struggle, according to Daytona Beach police.
0: Now, now was, was, did he kill them? Because I'm going to ask, uh, was this considered a hate crime?
1: Uh, maybe. Was he gay? I think I think everybody involved here is gay. Uh, All right. So here, Bowles here, was gay and his victims are also gay.
0: Here's why I'm asking this, because mm-hmm. if it's a straight guy and he targets gay people and kills them, they're going to consider that a hate crime, right? I believe so, yes. But if it's a gay guy mm-hmm. and he targets gay people and kills them, it's just considered a crime. A crime. It's considered murder.
1: I, I, As in, I think if they could prove he was killing them because they were gay, then it may still be a hate crime. Like I think if a white who person kills, who gives people a shit?
0: Wise. Who gives a shit? You're killing somebody. It doesn't matter if it's because they're fucking gay or straight. You're killing them. Why? Right, does- and it's not like he. And I, I, I don't think
1: even if he would have been charged with a hate crime, I don't think he would have been, but does
0: it, but does it matter? Does it really fucking matter? Is it like, Oh, you know what? I love that you're gay, but I'm going to kill you now. So it, does that lessen his sentence? No, no, he was killed. He he was executed. It oh. doesn't matter. I'm talking about for, for somebody that, that, that wasn't like, cause Florida, you can execute people apparently. Cause yeah. they're still in the 1700s. Yes. Uh, but I'm talking about in a uh, a modern state. Yeah, I think like yeah, I, I guess anything
1: that's classified as a hate crime, they do. Try how to put silly out is that? Harsher penalties. I, I guess it's supposed to be a deterrent. I don't think it is. I don't th- uh, very a rarely deterrent. Are a I,
0: how about the just not killing people? Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I think there should be harsher penalties for violent crime. I think period. the handcuffs part, when the handcuffs come into play, mm-hmm. th- that should be a deterrent. Like It should be, but it's
1: not for some people.
0: Well then neither is calling I, something a hate crime.
1: I agree. Yeah. It's th-
0: it's, it's very silly. It's uh, let's just change it right now.
1: Okay, well I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna change it.
0: No, well I said let's Oh. Yeah, let let us. Let us. Uh so yeah, Bulls had been staying with
1: Roberts who had paid him for sex, police said. After he killed him, Bulls stole Robert's car and wallet and headed north to Nashville, Tennessee, where his trail went cold. Tennessee. Tennessee. So, uh, another story. Uh, do you remember our first episode and what we talked about on that episode? Probably murder. Ah, uh, no. We talked about the movie Halloween. May- that was like our main thing. You talked Because you had just seen the movie Halloween. The okay. The new-, yeah. new Danny McBride, whomever, Halloween. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of did a review on it. So, this one is about another horror movie coming out soon and-, and kind of a related story. This comes from New Jersey, right over the Delaware Memorial Bridge from Delaware. A New Jersey woman sleeps with knife after Stephen King creation lands in backyard. This is coming via the New York Post. It's a nightmare come true. A creepy clown doll mysteriously flew into a New Jersey mom's backyard, prompting the freaked out woman to call the police, torch the toy, and sleep with a knife. Renee Jensen, 42, said she was relaxing by the pool in her backyard in Harrington Park Saturday afternoon with her boyfriend, Alex. When she spotted the clown doll, inspired by villain Pennywise from Stephen King's 1986 horror novel, It, come whizzing past. We were just talking and we looked up and we just saw something fall from the sky on an angle and basically cleared all of these trees and went over the top of this skate here and landed, Jensen told the Post Monday. We thought maybe it was a bird that died midair or something, she said. When she took a closer look, she realized it was a toy version of the killer clown with fake blood around its mouth and, quote, satanic writing on its head. It was a clown doll with the writing on the forehead, and I just totally freaked out. Jensen recalled, "I didn't want to touch it. I just yelled for my boyfriend to come check it out. Her boyfriend immediately recognized the doll as the It Clown, and then she burned it, and then slept with a knife, in case Pennywise came back. I guess. Okay,
0: <laughs> I have I have nothing to to add to that. It just that that lady would infuriate me. Yeah." <laughs> Just knowing her, I would be infuriated by her. And then our final story this week in murder is also in New Jersey. So it's almost like the
1: tri-state. Because I used to always think, when now, now like, like if you go up to New York, like, when you hear the tri-state area, uh-huh. they think it's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. I always thought of the tri-state area... No, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I always thought of the tri-state area as Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey right because of the tri-state mall yeah, state? yeah when I was growing up there was a mall in Claymont Delaware. it depends
0: on where you are yeah, yeah. every every, every fucking, uh state you get to there's gonna be a tri-state right. area and then it'll be something different in one state than it is in the other or yeah. like like if you're in Jersey some people in Jersey they think it's uh Jersey New York Connecticut
1: yeah
0: uh some people in Jersey think it's Jersey New York uh Jersey yeah Jersey New York Philly some people in Jersey think it's Jersey, Philly, Delaware. Yeah. Uh, somebody might think it's all right. Philly, what I'm saying, Pennsylvania, the state of Philly. Yeah, it should be. It should state. be. Yeah. Um, it'll
1: be bigger in population than some states. There's or more people in Philly than or,
0: uh, or Pennsylvania, Delaware, and then something else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it could be Maryland. It could be a bunch of different things. It could be. But I always thought of it as Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. Right. Because uh, mainly because of the tri-state mall. That's where I first heard the, the word tri-state.
0: Now. What you're about to read, mm-hmm. uh it, it comes to us from Philly Voice. Yes. Okay. See, the way I read it at first is not... I, I didn't read it right. I just read it as, Human Remains, altar found a hymn of alleged child sex offender in New Jersey. <laughs> because it says in in parentheses, via Philly Voice. I right. didn't read the via part. I just read Philly Voice. I well, thought I was giving you stage directions. So I read it in my head in a philly voice all right it was like human remains all are found in him yeah that's how i read it so do you want to read this in a philly voice? i think that anything that does come from the philly voice should be read in a philly voice new jersey man accused of sexually assaulting the 13 year old girl was also
1: allegedly keeping mummified human i, I think remains. you're, 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 you're oh, doing it yeah, you're yeah getting i'm not a little... gonna i'm not as good as a, at the philly voice as you are yeah um, I'm just going to use my voice. Just, just pay your bills, Tom Cairo. I <laughs> uh, was also allegedly keeping mummified human remains at an altar inside his home. Police said the Essex County Prosecutor's Office announced on Monday that Robert Frank Williams, 53, of Newark, is charged with child luring, desecration of human remains, multiple account multiple accounts of endangering the welfare of a child, and sexual assault of a minor among other offenses for severely sexually assaulting the teenager over the course of several months. Mm. An ongoing investigation previously alleged Williams assaulted an univi- un- I can't speak today. An ongoing investigation previously alleged that Williams assaulted an unidentified teenager for months beginning in 2018. On Thursday, officials and detectives with the Special Victims Unit in Essex County executed a search warrant at Williams's home. Where they found mummified human remains in a bin and a closet and an altar to, quote, an unknown deity, police said. No other details are immediately available. The investigation is ongoing. Hmm. And I said Newark because that's in Newark, New Jersey. Not Newark, Delaware. Right. Because if you're in Delaware, it's Newark. Yeah. Which I used to live right by Newark. Uh, There was a big movie theater there. And that's where I saw The Mighty Ducks. I still think we should call this episode Anything But Delaware, dude. <laughs> well, we're getting to Delaware. This is the Delaware part. Mm. And more specifically, we're not talking about just Delaware in general. We're going to go to to one case. It was very famous in the the mid-90s. It's uh, the case of Tom Capano. Okay. And uh, from birth, Thomas, Tom Capano, was fast-tracked to be in the social elite in the tiny state of Delaware. He was the oldest son of Louis J. Capano, a carpenter who built custom houses and eventually branched out into a gigantic multi-million dollar real estate development business.
0: No, it says homes. Why did you change homes to houses? I don't know. I just I didn't I, I didn't realize it. What, what I sometimes I I wonder why you don't read your notes the way they're written? I don't know. that's Because just, it it sounds like like I look at the way I look at the way you have it written and then you don't and sometimes it just sounds way better the way it's written than the way you say it. And I'm like, why not just stick to the script? I don't know. It just it's, I, questions, you know? Things to make you go, Hmm. no, I wasn't going to do that. That was a shitty song. I remember that song. You like that song? I said I remember that song. Oh, well, of course you do. Bri, BP. Bri, Uh BP. Bri, BP. Brian Paddington. That is my name. Brian paddington Burke. That's right. So
1: while many of Tom Capano's brothers wound up in the family business, law and politics caught his eye. Capano worked in the 80s as a city solicitor for Wilmington, leaving behind a cushier, better-paying job at a private law firm. And while no one knows this for sure, one of the reasons behind Tom's leaving the firm might have been that he was having an affair with Debbie McIntyre, who was the wife of Dave Williams. And he, Dave Williams was one of the main partners in the firm, like one of the ones that had the name on it. Like when you have Jacoby and Myers, it was like, remember Jacoby and Myers? Like yes. Jacoby Myers would be the partners. Because she was Debbie Williams. And then they got divorced, Debbie McIntyre and and um, Dave Williams got divorced, and Dave Williams married another woman named Debbie, so she just went back to Debbie McIntyre to avoid confusion. Okay. Uh, so since Dave Williams was uh, none the wiser, it's more likely that that wasn't why Tom Capano left this firm. It was more just a, des- a desire for public service. He was really in the politics, to the point where in 1986, uh, Tom Capano moved upward and became the chief of staff for the uh, mayor of Wilmington at the time, Dan Frawley. And chief of staff was basically- Fro- was
0: that the same last name as uh, William was it William Frawley from uh I Love Lucy?
1: I that does sound very familiar. Yeah. Yeah, well, didn't he wasn't he like an act wasn't that the actor's name when he played like a role or was it the a- name of Yeah, no,
0: name? no, 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 no. It was the uh, I think it was William Frawley. Yeah, I think that that was the last name. Yeah, he was the one who played um Mertz. Okay. Fred, Fred Mertz. Mer-
1: so now it's 1986, Tom Capano was the number two man in, in Wilmington government. Chief of Staff is like the right-hand man of the, with the president or the governor of whomever it may be. And so he's entrenched in politics now. And, and Tom Capano also became close with Mike Castle, who at the time was the governor of Delaware and later became a United States senator representing the state. And that was despite Capano being a Democrat and Mike Castle was a Republican. But they were still very friendly, and he was still like his personal lawyer. Uh, and for a time earlier in his career, Capano also served, this is in the mid-70s, as a member of Delaware's Deputy Attorney Generals, which was basically the state's prosecutor team. Like an assistant district attorney or a DA. He was an uh, assistant attorney general, or deputy attorney general, rather. And Mike Castle's time as governor ended in 1992. He moved on to being the state's sole representative in the U.S. Congress. Delaware is so small, you only get one congressperson. His replacement in the governor's office was, ironically, the congressman he was replacing, which was a Democrat named Tom Carper. And Tom Capano's ties with the governor's office didn't weaken much, if at all, despite his personal client leaving for Washington. Though he had left the prosecutor's office to become a high-end bond attorney, Capano's legal interests and personal connections led him to continue on as a regular presence in the governor's office and it was through this political connection that Tom first met Anne-Marie Fahey. Anne-Marie was the youngest of the six children of Robert and Kathleen Fahey, a couple that was so entrenched in Wilmington's Irish community that they were introduced to each other by future Wilmington mayor Bill McLaughlin, and they opened their home... McLaughlin. McLaughlin, yeah. It is an Irish one, so yeah, it would be McLaughlin. And um, they would actually open their home, the teachers from Ireland, as part of an exchange program. And everybody here, like McLaughlin and the uh, the Faheys were regulars at O'Friel's, which was an Irish pub that at the time was a, just the social center, like the nerve center of the Irish community in Wilmington. Because one thing I learned like researching this, Wilmington was like one of those very, it's like a bigger city, but it's a like, small town. Like everybody knows everybody. And it's very insular. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do know what you mean. And uh, so Anne-Marie's life took a sharp turn for the worse around age nine. That was when Kathleen Fahey passed away at a very young age after a battle with lung cancer. Uh, And as the youngest of the children, I think, uh, yeah, like I said, she was nine. She was the one that was hit the worst. Uh, Her her mother was very protective of her. And it was just her world dropped out when, when her mom died. And as bad as it hit her, it probably didn't. It probably hit her father, Robert Fahey, worse. He was never a stranger to the bottle, even in good times. But he he just spiraled into full fledged alcoholism after his wife's death. With their father incapable of providing support, Amory's older siblings, her grandmother, and family friends did their best to usher her through the rest of her childhood. and And even with that, they went through stretches where they didn't have a phone, they didn't have hot water, they didn't even have electricity. But they made it through uh, until they didn't. The Fahey home was foreclosed on when Amory was a fifteen year old high school sophomore. Emory's father and her brother Brian wound up moving to suburban Newark, not Newark, and she did not want to. She wanted to stay in Brandywine High School where she was pretty well entrenched. Entrenched, I can say words. So she winds up moving in with a family friend who she had babysat for for a long time. That way she could still attend the same high school. And she was so afraid of causing offense and getting kicked out that Emory wound up becoming obsessive with neatness. And she started eating less and less and less. And these are traits that wound up carrying on t- into her adult life, too. At one point when she was an adult, she was five foot 10. Uh, she peaked at five foot 10. That was like her adult height and she weighed as little as 117 pounds. Hmm. The, the, uh, the next November, however, Anne Marie was told that she could no longer stay at the home. Her only option at this point was to move to Newark. I, I did it, uh, it to move to. It's so hard when you get used to saying it one way and, and then you can't Uh, to Newark with her uh, brother and father. She well, you a,
0: didn't do it because you said Newark.
1: Yeah. No, I, I did it that time. Oh,
0: you mean you did it as in you fucked up?
1: Yeah, I, I fucked up. I said Newark that time instead of Newark. Newark. Uh, she did have a grandmother that lived in Media, Pennsylvania, but that would be even oh. farther away than
0: I love media.
1: Media is a nice town. I yeah, like media.
0: media Media was when I was like, uh, it's a cute little town to drive through. It takes about a second. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the Delaware of towns and in, in, uh, Delaware County. And it's our yeah, it's the county seat of Delaware County, as a matter of fact. Delaware County, Pennsylvania.
1: Yes, Delaware County. There is which no- is
0: always strange to me. There's a There's a Delaware County, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. but there's not a like Pennsylvania County, Delaware. Is there?
1: No. no, no. There's only three counties in Delaware. That's how small it is.
0: Yeah, but there's a Philadelphia County, in Philly. That's okay, what, okay, in Pennsylvania. Philly is, yeah. Philly it's is its part of Philadelphia yeah. County.
1: Yeah, the um. Yeah, there's only three counties in Delaware. It's uh Newcastle County, which is the northernmost. There's uh, Sussex County, I believe, and Kent County.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I lived in a Sussex County, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I, and one of
1: those, I believe it's Kent County, is what you would call Slower Lower Delaware. Or if you're a wrestling fan, Briscoe's brother Delaware. <laughs> Briscoe Brothers Delaware. Mm. Sandy Fork, Delaware. So, Amory winds up begging to still attend her high school. Her brother, Brian, is now 21 years old. And he agrees that he can mostly drive her to and from school. He, at that time, was working as a hockey coach and some other sport coach. And when he couldn't do it, her father would, would also drive him drive her to and from school. She took on an after-school job. They made it through uh, made it through high school. She even went on to college, had side work, student loans, and a partial field hockey scholarship. So in 1986, things t- kind of turned south again. This is 11 years after Kathleen Fahey's passing. And Emory's father, Robert Fahey, at that point, died of a heart attack. At that point, depression crept in on Anne-Marie, she dropped out of college for a time, but did wind up ultimately finishing college in 1992 with a degree in political science. So she had a brief internship in Washington, D.C. after that, and once that was through, Anne-Marie wound up getting a great job for somebody that young and that relatively inexperienced. She became the appointment secretary secretary for the incoming governor, Tom Carper. She uh she worked hard as a volunteer on his election campaign, but she mainly got in through Edward Freel. Edward Freel was Tom Carper's Secretary of State and was a member of the family that owned O'Friel's, which was the, the Irish pub we were talking about, which was like the epicenter of Irish-American life in Wilmington. And all of the Fahys besides Anne-Marie actually worked at O'Friel's while um they were in that time frame where their father wasn't doing anything and... They were trying to keep a roof over their heads and all that. So they were very close. The Friel family and the Fahey family were extremely close. And despite being relatively young for the job, Anne-Marie was not intimidated at all. And she got a great reputation as a good worker. Her punctuality and her work ethic made her stand out. She ingrained herself with her bosses. Uh Edward Friel wanted being nicknamed Fast Eddie. Which is funny because that, that was uh, Ed Rendell's nickname too. Because around the time Ed Rendell was the mayor of Philadelphia. And uh, Tom Carper just got shortened down to TC. And those initials, ironically enough, would become forever connected to Anne-Marie Fahey. On April 26, 1993, Anne-Marie and Jill Sullivan, who is a friend and a fellow Carper staffer, worked in the Carper uh, administration. They both attended a fundraiser for the Women's Democratic Club at the home of another prominent member of that club. And... Uh, yet another member of the club was Kay Capano, the wife of Tom Capano. She was unable to attend and sent her husband in her place. And Tom wound up, wound up sparking a conversation with Anne-Marie and with, with Jill. And they found a lot of common ground. They they had similar politics. They were both very staunch Democrats, died in the old Democrats. They had mutual friendships with the Friel family. And there were other things, too, and they kind of really hit it off. After that initial meeting, Tom and Anne-Marie would sometimes do lunch together. Lunch became dinner. Dinner became an affair that lasted nearly three years. So Anne-Marie after that three years, went missing in late June of 1996. And this was a woman who had a reputation for being as reliable as it got and as accessible as it got. You could always reach out to her. Uh, she would... Always on the phone, she she was the type of person that would not leave the house without letting somebody know where where she was, and she just disappeared. And those closest to her were absolutely worried sick as hours turned into days. And at this point, she had actually started a very serious la- relationship with a, a man named Mike Scanlon, and she had told her close friends that this is the one, this is the person she she wanted to marry. And that made it all the more surprising that she didn't show up for a date she had made for herself and Mike and her brother Robert's family. And at this point, she was also trying to break it off with Tom Capano. Like, they hadn't been actually, like, involved-involved for a couple months. Six months, I think. But nobody knew about it. Like, it was a complete secret to pretty much everyone that she had this on-and-off thing with with Tom Capano. So, police do a welfare check. It's It's escalated because this is the the secretary for a governor, so if she's missing, it might have something to do with the governor, so they have to really check in on it. When they get into her apartment, they find that um, there's a doggy bag in her fridge with food from uh, Ristorante Panorama, which was a high-end Philadelphia uh, exclusive restaurant. There's a doggy bag there in the refrigerator. There's spoiled fruit all over her kitchen counter, which is something that Anne-Marie Fahey would not allow to happen. She was neurotically neat she was probably OCD. Like, just obsessively neat. And something was definitely wrong. Like, everybody realized something was wrong. So police go through her stuff, go through her apartment, and they find diaries and an envelope full of love notes, and it was accounts of her relationship with Tom Capano. And Anne-Marie, her eyes set squarely on Mike Scanlon, as I was saying, had been trying to break things off with Tom for a while. And her final dire entry suggested that that was the case. Her en- last diary entry said something about finally being done with Tom Capano and calling Tom Capano a, quote, controlling, insecure maniac. Despite that, she did agree to go out to Ristorante Panorama with him that Thursday, June 28th of 96. Uh, yeah, of course. She was going to get a fucking free meal. And it was at that time that she was the last seen in public. She was the last seen in public. Capano was now separated from his wife, and he was running a house in Wilmington. And he wanted Emery to be with him now because he was he was single at this point. So, police go to Capano's house where they find out all this stuff in her diary, and they check with the they check with the uh, the staff there at the restaurant in Philadelphia. And he admits to the affair, but he also said the two hadn't been sexually involved in six months, and they were just friends now. He also made sure to tell police about Anne-Marie's struggles with mental illness, told him about her anxiety, her moodiness, her suicidal thoughts, her depression, her struggles with anorexia. And he declined police permission to search the home. They did ask if they could search the place. He said no, that his kids were there that weekend and that he didn't want them to be disturbed. He had four daughters. I should mention that he had four daughters. He said his four daughters were with him that weekend and he didn't want the search to disturb the children. And so this kind of fell and then things kind of fell into like more of a holding pattern. Police had a feeling that Tom Capano had something to do with Amory Fahey's disappearance, but there was no real solid evidence. There was tons of circumstantial evidence. Amory's downstairs neighbor said that uh she had heard heavy footsteps the night before Amory disappeared, like heavier than Amory's footsteps. Um and then Capano did buy two hundred dollars worth of carpeting that weekend. Capano and Sons, the family's company, Emptied bins at their construction sites at an unscheduled time, which was basically a very expensive thing to do for no good reason. But nothing could be proven that anything nefarious was happening here. And because the last sighting of Anne-Marie, who was a Delaware resident, was in Pennsylvania, then the FBI got involved. And... The FBI spoke with a maid who had cleaned Capano's house on a weekly basis. She said that she was given the week off at the very beginning of July, the week at, the week after Emery's disappearance, and Capano told her that the kids weren't there that week, so there wasn't really that much of a mess. But this directly goes against what Tom Capano told police, that the kids were there the night they came to visit. Hmm. So they're like, okay, something's very fishy here. Yeah. And they uh, they further press the maid, and the maid tells them when she came back to the house the week after that, she noticed that Tom Capano's living room couch was gone. The carpet that was normally there was gone. There was a whole new carpet and two chairs instead of a couch. Uh, That's not sketchy at all. No, no, not not whatsoever. So this was enough evidence uh, to get a search warrant for Tom Capano's home. The evidence was very sparse. They couldn't really find anything major they found two very small blood spots on the baseboard molding along the floor. And they they did DNA testing, which was really hard to do because Anne-Marie was missing. Like they didn't have a body. They, I guess they couldn't get it from like hair or anything around her house. Her being obsessively neat probably didn't help that. And then her parents were dead. So they couldn't get it from her parents, but they wound up. Actually, she had donated blood before. And even though it was converted to plasma, which doesn't have the DNA markers, they were able to find like trace red blood cells in the plasma, and that's how they wind up matching the DNA in Tom Capano's living room to Emery Fahey. Science. Science. So, police then zeroed in on the dumping at Capano and Sons, because even though there's blood there, there's still no body, there's still no murder weapon, there's still not enough to, to arrest Tom Capano. So, they go, they look into this uh, untimely dumping at Capano and Sons. And now they're focusing on Louis Capano, who was Tom's younger brother, Louis Capano II. So Louis Capano, I think they called him Louis, but Louis, we'll just say Louis. Louis Capano told police that there were no dumpsters that were emptied off schedule, that that just didn't happen. They also took a look at Tom Capano's phone records, and they focused on a call that was made the day after Anne-Marie disappeared. And the phone call was made to Tom Capano's longtime mistress, Debbie McIntyre from way back in the 80s when he was the chief of staff in Delaware uh, for Wilmington, for the mayor of Wilmington, he was still on again, off again with Debbie McIntyre as well. They had been uh, had a fling for like 15 years or more. And the one thing that was very interesting about that as well was that when Capano made this call on his cell phone, it was made not in Delaware, but in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. And police are just starting to connect the dots now. Because another one of Capano's brothers, Jerry Capano, uh <laughs> This is gonna get very funny for the rest of this uh the this thing here. Because we have Tom Capano and Jerry Capano. Yeah. Uh not a cat and mouse game here, though. Uh so Jerry Capano had a boat anchored in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. And police learned as they're looking into this that Jerry Capano had sold that boat uh in the time between Amory Fahy's disappearance and them finding this cell phone call in Stone Harbor. And when they tracked down the guy who owned the boat at the point, they were allowed to go on there and look through, and they found out that the boat didn't have an anchor. He sold the boat without an anchor. So at this point, police are suspecting that the anchor and Anne-Marie herself were at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. So police, at this point, they know their guy. It's just, how do we get him? And they saw Jerry Capano was the weak link here.
0: He was the black sheep. Well, I, know, I know how they get him tom and jerry right yep they just get their fucking other cartoon friends to get an acme trap acme was more wile coyote well uh, true you can't cross you can't cross like dc marvel you (sighs) you can't really well they did they
1: didn't in the comics but yeah acme was acme was looney tunes and and tom and jerry's hanna-barbera they cross paths you gotta get the way out wacky racers They, they did a crossover
0: I'm sure that there was a crossover. There's like a Yogi Bugs Bunny crossover. I want to see this. I'm sure that they've been on the same type of. They're like uh, Scooby and Bugs. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to as because I have no role today in this episode. i i I just look. I'm mentally, I guess, I'm I'm just exhausted from yesterday, so uh, I I don't really have anything. So as you're doing this, I'm gonna look up now see if like. What was it? Merry Melodies? Yeah, Merry
1: Melodies, Looney Tunes, whatever you want to call it. And the WB. The WB cartoons and the Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Right. So while you're doing that, I'm going to kind of go on here. Jerry Capano was seen as the weak link. He was the black sheep of the family to begin with. He had battled drug addiction and was basically kind of running a landscaping business that
0: he didn't really do a whole lot with. Actually, yeah, they would have uh, been connected. They okay. sold Scooby Doo stuff at the uh, at the uh, Warner Brothers Studio store. Okay, yeah, they're like
1: I'm just wonder if they ever the only time I know they probably did like a crossover thing. I remember in the early 90s there was this uh, anti-drug thing. It was like the Cartoon All-Stars or something and it was everybody. It was like the Ninja Turtles, it was uh, it was Bugs Bunny, it was like every cartoon known you you could think of was involved in this this uh, special and you could rent it from video stores for free. I remember running it a couple times.
0: Yeah, like, but you're you're not gonna find you're not gonna find like uh, Daffy Duck and Donald Duck in the same thing. Well, that's Disney.
1: That's a whole other
0: right because yeah. it's Disney. Uh so but
1: but is there anything with like Daffy Duck and Huckleberry Hound or something? Well, like that? that
0: would be dumb. Nobody would be interested in that. Or but the
1: Flintstones meets Bugs Bunny.
0: But they no, because again, that wouldn't be like I wouldn't be interested in that. I don't think anybody would really be interested in that. But they were they were ador- in, in the same thing, because like I said, you could buy Scooby-Doo stuff at the yeah. Warner Brothers Studio store. Yeah. yeah, you could. I remember
1: going there. Do you remember where that was, that Warner Brothers Studio store?
0: Well, there's m- multiple
1: ones. Uh, the one that we went to, you and I, together.
0: I didn't know we went to one. Yeah, we did. Did we go to the one uh, in Atlantic City?
1: Yes, and oh. it was connected to? I have no idea. The Trump Plaza.
0: I didn't know that we went to one together because I've I've been to that one a bunch of times. I bought yeah. a Superman uh, like necklace charm thing there that was actually like uh, apparently it was like a locket mm-hmm. that I didn't know, but I wore it anyway because um, fuck man, it was Superman. I was really big into Superman. I think I bought a ring, Superman ring from there. I bought an Acme hat. As a matter of fact, That's I had awesome. There's, yeah, there's a picture of me. as a black hat and just white stitch. It said Acme and it had like Wiley e. Coyote on it. I was like fourteen or something like that. I was really big to go because my parents loved going to the casinos. As a matter of fact, it was a Trump Casino that um, their uh, car, their truck, they had like a Mark Three van or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. My aunt had one of those,
0: and uh, the, there was a ladder on the back, mm-hmm. and the ladder got caught on the uh, the sign that was hanging down, saying like you know trucks you have to be a certain height or whatever, right? And it ripped the sign down. Oh shit! Yeah, and I remember them be like, oh, Trump's gonna sue us." <laughs> you know, as a joke. Yes, yeah. we're fucking not poor, so but you poor. know.
1: Yeah, we went to uh, the studio store. We didn't buy anything, but we went there. Uh, we, the, we went down there to see George Carlin in two thousand one.
0: Yeah, there was a uh, there's another Warner Brothers Studio store in Philly, but oh, I, cool. I was never at that one. I was never there, but I know there there I know there was one.
1: So this Tom and Jerry, Tom and Jerry Capano, are not a cat and mouse.
0: They're, and they're not, not going to build a Acme.
1: Right. Okay. So, but Jerry Capano did have some some legal troubles earlier in his life, and he kind of ran a landscaping business, but he really just usually just hired other landscapers to do what they were supposed to do. His main interests were hanging out the Jersey Shore, collecting weapons, fishing, stuff like that. So the FBI raided Jerry's house in September of 97, They were hoping they were going to find guns and drugs. Because he had this history, he could be put up on charges if they found guns and drugs in his house. So they found guns, actually, in the closet of his three-year-old son's bedroom. That's cute. And they found cocaine and marijuana elsewhere in the house in like the pockets of his pants, of Jerry's pants. So they wind up threatening Jerry with drug weapons and child endangerment charges. And they don't really want him. They want Tom. They want Tom Capano. So Jerry winds up telling police that Tom had to come to him in February of 1996, claiming that someone was trying to extort money out of him. So Tom at that point asked for and was given $8,000 cash and a gun. But he later gave Jerry the gun back. The other thing Tom asked for, and this was the big ask, he said that somebody was after him and he may need help getting rid of their body if worse came to worse
0: and jerry was that's always a great conversation to have with somebody yeah hey uh listen can i borrow 10 bucks i uh gotta get to the store gotta get some milk also i have a body that i need to get rid of right
1: (laughs) yeah well not in fairness it was i might have a body oh oh, okay sorry sorry
0: sorry let's let's start this over again all right hey uh brian i gotta go to the store i gotta grab some milk and some bread okay also um I may have a body that I have to get rid of. What? Milk and bread. Oh, okay. I can. I got you. Okay. Milk. Oh. No. See, so you, you should have just. That's the thing. Sometimes you build on top of the joke. Should just went from there. Should just went back right into the story, and instead of saying milk, ugh, you know, we already knew that the where the funny was. Where you said it. We already you you acknowledged that it was the milk, and then we could have just went. You know what I mean? So additionally, Jerry
1: said that Tom had come to his house early on the morning of June 29th, asking for use of the boat. Did you do it, Jerry asked, thinking back, remembering the whole thing with the, uh, the you might, I might need you to get rid of a body. And Tom just replies yes. And Jerry, I guess, didn't really think he was being serious when he said uh, back in February that he might need help disposing a body. He told tells Tom Capano no. Hmm. And... Despite that, Tom talks him into it, so they meet at Tom Capano's garage, and Jerry helped him load a very heavy 41-gallon cooler onto his boat. They drive down to Jersey, and they, they load the cooler onto the boat. Jerry never looked inside of it. And they get to about 60 miles offshore, and they throw the cooler into the water. And it doesn't sink. So Jerry shot it. He brought his gun on the boat, and he started shooting holes in the cooler. Still didn't sink, hmm.
0: so they wow, is this the fucking Rasputin of uh <laughs> of
1: coolers, of coolers?
0: Yes. so they wind up fishing the cooler out of the water
1: or off the off the surface of the water, and Tom's gonna open it now. Jerry said he didn't even want to see this part of it, so he winds up just going to the front of the boat and not looking and at this point, Tom's taking the body out of the cooler and he attached it to an anchor. And he dropped the anchor off the boat and disconnected it from the boat itself. Jerry claimed to the police, though, that he did look over at the very last second, and he saw a foot and a calf going underwater. And then they took apart the cooler after that. They, they, they ripped the lid off and threw it in the water. They threw the the base of the cooler into the water. And then they got the hell out of Jersey. They went back to Delaware. Tom got his couch. He got his bloody rug, threw them in the dumpsters at Louis Capano and Sons.
0: And despite what his younger... This- this just seems like every Sunday at any typical Italian's house in Jersey. Just dumping bodies and yeah. the ocean. And- hey, what are, you, what are you doing Sunday, Tony? What are you doing Sunday? I got to go to my mom's. We're going to have a big uh, dad. which is probably some fucking typical Italian meal. I don't know what a big dad is, but because it's and it's always said wrong, too. They always, they always say it's. I always go back to that Brian Regan joke, mm-hmm. where he's like, where he's talking about his friends because they they can't just say like, um, like Capicola, yeah, it was Gambagool, right? You know, like everything's got to be said like in the accent. Like mm-hmm. they can never just say, you know, it's like uh linguini. Like it can't just be linguini. It's right. linguini. Is and he does the thing about like. uh milky charms yeah. <laughs> like, like where he says it in the accent it's fucking hysterical uh i i just feel that that's a, every typical italian's fucking sunday and yeah, just they're going over to mom's house they're having fucking they're having macaroni as they call it right any spaghetti any pasta they'll call it macaroni yeah they're going over having macaroni and gravy you know mm-hmm. like any typical you know which fucking, makes me think of like craft macaroni
1: and cheese and brown and gravy. brown gravy yeah. right
0: right yeah what do you have macaroni which actually sounds good imagine that with some meat yeah like cheesy hearty yeah uh, yeah it's delicious there. Yeah, why it's not? delicious but no they mean they mean pasta and sauce they'll they'll say macaroni and you know and, and gra- you have a gravy with your macaroni uh and they'll argue that if it's homemade it, whatever shut up anyway uh yeah, you go over, you have some, macar- oh, go over, have some macaroni, you fucking throw out a body. It just sounds like a typical fun- fucking Sunday.
1: I didn't get to the point where they have macaroni. You're, you you must have read ahead a little bit.
0: Oh, I didn't read ahead. Yeah. I just know Italians, Brian. Okay.
1: BP. Gotcha.
0: So, finding out
1: that Jerry had flipped, word got out that Jerry Capano was cooperating with police. Now, Louis Capano, uh, the second. Louis. Louis Capano. I like it. The second. Yeah. I like it. Because he's not junior. No, no. Junior, he wasn't the first kid. Thought, uh,
0: th- wait, 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 wait. is that how that
1: works? You have to be the first son to be junior? Or is no. that not how it works? No. Oh, I, I thought it was for some reason. What would you... Wh- what? I don't know. It's one of those things you think that's not true. What
0: uh, do you mean? Why would you... No, no, no. Let's let's dissect this. Let's break this down. I would like to know. So if you have Thomas and you have uh, uh, Louis... Right. And the father's name is Louis. Lewis. hmm Why wouldn't Lewis be junior? I don't know.
1: I I, I always thought it had to be the firstborn. I, I I'm obviously wrong. I just
0: no. Know, I'm just saying. What would make
1: you think that? I don't know. It's something. It's one of those things I picked up. I don't like remember exactly. Now, where now, I now, now.
0: There. With that said. Uh huh. I could be wrong, and somebody be like, well, technically no, you can't be Junior unless you are the first barn. and the second it's, uh, it has to be referred to as Two, like he's fucking Prince Michael Jackson Two. Or...
1: <laughs> Revenge of Prince Michael Jackson. Yeah,
0: like, <laughs> they should just call him Lewis also.
1: Yeah, Lewis Capato also.
0: Yeah. Well, Lewis Capato also came to
1: police and wanted to strike a deal. And he admitted that they did dump the... He admitted that they did dump early and all these things. But did he come to strike it, or did he
0: also come to strike a deal?
1: He also. Luis Capano also also came to strike a deal.
0: Oh, wait. So if he also... Did he come to do something else? Like pay a fine? No, no. Like 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 a parking fine? Like, hey, I'm coming to pay a parking fine, and...
1: I want to rat out my brother.
0: I'm going to rat out my brother. I'm here. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone.
1: I got to deal with this goddamn citation for noise. Yeah. And I want to... Let you know my brother killed somebody.
0: And I'm here to pay the, uh, the, the the cleaning bill for this rug.
1: Yeah, well, I threw the rug out. Oh. And the
0: couch. wonder what kind of rug
1: it was. I don't know, but I better tie the room together. So anyway... Lebowski. At this point, Tom Capano was put under uh, constant police surveillance, partially due to fears that he may try to murder his brothers, now that their cooperation was kind of an open secret. My dude. And instead... They found that Tom and, and Joseph. Who's that? Uh, Joseph is the fourth Campano brother. Oh,
0: there's too many fucking brothers this now. That's it. The, these are, Wait, fourth? Last. I didn't even... Did I know the third? Yeah, Jerry. There's Tom, Louis, Jerry, and Joseph. Oh, there was Louis. I forgot about... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom, Jerry, Louie, and Joey. And Joey. Tommy, Jerry, Louis, Joey coming over for some macaroni and death
1: macaroni <laughs> that was actually the uh the, it was down to murder my dude and macaroni and death right we, like what were you call the show yeah
0: macaroni and, i'm surprised macaroni and death didn't win in fact there might be a name change after this right, episode we yeah. might be called macaroni and
1: death yeah. in the future
0: i like it i like that one <laughs> that's that's a going uh macaroni and death will definitely sell t-shirts
1: as a matter of fact that's probably going to be the show within a show if we ever do banana dicks as I know we talked about that it's going to be called macaroni and death it can't be because
0: oh. banana dicks is the show in the show
1: oh so the main show is going to be it macaroni can't and be
0: macaroni Death because it's too funny of a name <laughs> it
1: is, It's a really good name all right so so yeah tom and joseph the fourth capano brother were uh being surveilled because uh they're... i'm gonna take a
0: poll by the way to see if we should change our name to macaroni, macaroni
1: and Death. And Death. Uh, so they uh they they're uh, loading up suitcases into tom's car and they're starting to drive toward philadelphia international airport and police are like oh shit he's right gonna-
0: by where we used to live as a matter of fact i yeah. used to work there that's the craziest thing i think to to try to like get past some kind of like i don't know if it's for taxes or what it is um so when i worked at the airport it was technically like Tinicum and philly oh really yeah, it was, like, in both parts or something like that. So you had to pay, like, double taxes? Yeah,
1: because Philly's, at least back then, the city wage tax there was ridiculous, especially if you didn't live there.
0: Yeah. Or it was one of those things because, like, it's right there. But I, I, I forget how it worked, but I remember having to pay, like, mm-hmm. Philly tax and, like, Delaware County tax.
1: Oof. Yeah.
0: And you're making shit money as it is. Yeah.
1: It was shit hours and all that. Yeah. Well,
0: because I was union, and like if you were non-union for a scanner who doesn't do nearly the fucking amount of uh, physical labor that I did, uh, they just stand there and scan the package that goes to me, and then I have to. Uh, you're you're physically playing like um, Tetris, kind of, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like you're building because you have to build. It's you, when you when you build inside a can. So these cans, I would load these. They were called like a can. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a little like shed, basically, like a small shed that goes onto a plane, right? And you build in and up. is what they say, in and up. And you can't leave the the you know you can't leave the can hollow. People would do that. They would leave their shit hollow, so they would build like this wall right just around. And be like, look, I filled my can. That way, it's like, oh, look, they have four. Can-. But they should know the, the volume of stuff coming through. Yeah. And know that it's impossible to fill the fucking can. But people would do it all the time. And then what would happen was their walls would collapse. And then it would just be a fucking mess. Uh, whatever. I, I hated working there. I always did a fucking fantastic job. I used to like pull other people. I would go in and fix other people's cans and mm-hmm. do mine. And then still never get the recognition. Like, and that's what I realized is like, oh, this is bullshit then. You know, it's like they
1: play the Tetris music while you're doing this because you said it was like Tetris.
0: Uh, no, but I used to play music like in my head okay i would just sing this like because i don't think you were we were allowed that we weren't allowed to have like headphones right dude that would pass the time amazing i would have no problems yeah the the pay the 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 hours are short they were only like four hours a night Yeah, ups like they they hire a lot of people part-time right yeah so, and it was like you had to be there like 20 years to get full-time yeah but i was getting at the time like eight fifty an hour this is like 20 years ago so this is 1999 right i'm getting eight fifty an hour um and the dudes were getting like 9 25 They were scanning the packages. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I should have just taken the fucking uh nine twenty-five, I would have got more money. Yeah,
1: could have gotten the package scanning job.
0: Not, not only would I have gotten more money, but I would have had to do less. Yeah. Physically, all I had to do was, because it was on a belt, like a conveyor belt, basically. It was on like rollers. Yeah. So the shit comes down, you scan, they take. You don't do anything. As a matter of fact, it was like this really douchey dude. There was this really pretty girl, Danielle, who we talked about her in uh the episode where um the check hashing place yeah uh because her mom mm-hmm. worked there
1: yeah when, uh, where Fred winter was uh murdered
0: right it was it was Danielle it was this really douchey dude and it was this uh African guy like from Africa mm-hmm. and he had narcolepsy. <laughs> so he would, st- I just snorted. So he would stand there s- fucking scanning the packages and it would come down and he'd fall asleep. Well like he wouldn't fall asleep as he's scanning, but if he was just standing there right. and it wasn't like his brain wasn't like active, I guess, or he wasn't like busy mm-hmm. and he just, he would just stand there and it like literally like he would fall asleep.
1: That's a, that's.
0: Yeah, we drove him home me and this uh this girl who was driving me home at the time because I was getting a police escort uh because I was being chased by Nazis long story I feel like Indiana Jones um <laughs> she uh I, that would be a great fucking opener <laughs> yeah, for
1: being uh, chased by Nazis oh being chased by Nazis Yeah
0: but I was I, I was get up, I got a police escort home by a former cop you you know the story about yeah. the girl who got uh suspended around. anyway so she was uh working at UPS and she was uh she would drive me home and we drove him home, and uh, he would fall asleep in the car. Like, you'd just be talking, and then all of a sudden, you...
1: I used to fall asleep in the car all the time when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, but this dude would fall asleep anywhere, Well, though. he's
1: narcoleptic, so yeah, yes. of course he would. All right. So yeah, they're going to Philadelphia International Airport. And- oh, yeah, that's where we were. Yeah, that's, that's where what we talked were. About okay. And police are like, so you stop talking about Delaware, and stop start talking about Philly, and you light up.
0: Um, eh, it's- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, dude. I always get excited when we talk about Philly or Delaware County. Yeah. Uh, it's not the state of Delaware. It, it's dreary. It's it's dreadful. It's here's the thing. Th- think about a pit pit uh picturesque town. I can't say it. Mm-hmm. Think about it, but you can't say it. Uh I just don't see Delaware having that appeal to me. I I went there plenty of times growing up. You live there. I don't know. It just I just kind of a, a sense of like just like a like it's a dreary place. Uh, we would go there for uh Bear Delaware. We would go to Bear Delaware every year for Christmas because mm-hmm. they had the house that house had like a million lights yeah. on. Um, that was cool, and there it was one of the last Super Bars they had.
1: Yeah, for yeah.
0: years, dude. Even into the two thousands, they still had a Super Bar there, mm-hmm. which makes me think. I wonder if there's another fucking Wendy's somewhere that has a Super Bar still.
1: Oh, I hope so. But I love the Wendy's. It's super like bar. finding
0: the last blockbuster, like it's like we're the last blockbuster on earth. Wendy should do. They should be like we're the last Superbar on earth. Everybody's bringing stuff back. Wendy should bring back the Superbar for the Let's a start a time. petition. Guys, if you're listening and you like Wendy's Superbar, if you remember it. Uh let's start a petition to bring it back. If you don't know what it is, let me paint a picture like Bob Ross, cobalt blue, titanium white. Uh no, this is what they would have. So it was literally uh, it was you know you know what a salad bar is, right? So they mm-hmm. had salads on one side, there one side had like pudding and jello and all. And then they had like this other stuff where you could make tacos. So there was like a canister filled with like ground beef. They had uh um taco shells. They had uh, uh, and they had the the round like container yeah the, like mar- maroon container thing mm-hmm. where they had the soft shells in it or you could get the hard shells they were,
1: like warm too the soft shells are warm
0: right they had uh they had containers filled with like ranch dressing for you know uh there was one filled with like alfredo sauce mm-hmm. there was um you could get like spaghetti or you could get um was it was a spaghetti you could get yeah, yeah you could get spaghetti. There were
1: three stations one was like the salad station one was the mexican station and one was the like italian station
0: one was a uh uh, uh, um, snacks at station two is four. Oh, where we're there? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because um, so anyway, and then they had um, hamburger buns that they had made into garlic bread, mm-hmm. and you could do that. You could get the uh, yeah the pasta. You could get either spaghetti or like spiral noodles, and then there was like a thing of cheese. So you could put cheese on your noodles, or, or like your spiral noodles or uh, noodles, or you could put like Alfredo sauce on it. And they had like the red sauce too.
1: And then on the Mexican side, they had the cheese sauce,
0: right? For, like, yeah, the tacos. You could, you could, um, and then, oh god, dude, it was so amazing. I would fucking load up, dude. There was like beans and shit, and I would have like spaghetti and tacos mm-hmm. all the time. What? I would get, I would get the pasta and the tacos all the time. So would
1: man. I. Maybe we both should have gotten the salads instead. All right. Well, that hurt. <laughs> hey, i me, me more than you, probably, definitely. So so um so they make the call at this point to arrest Tom Capano, jumping back to that.
0: Oh, for, yeah. I um, forgot we're here about Tom Capano. I avoided him like I avoid um that fucking game at the end. What's it called?
1: Oh, Who Died the Worst? Uh, that's, that's still coming, too. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just all your favorite things. Uh, Delaware, Italians, and Who Died the Worst? Uh, so the call was made to arrest Capano for obstruction of justice to prevent him from leaving the country. And evidence was mounting. Uh, But it's still really, really hard, exceedingly hard, to prosecute a murder without a body. But they did track down the cooler. They they actually had somebody call in saying they found a cooler. And they knew it was the right cooler because they never released to the public that the cooler had the lid torn off and had bullet holes in it. And then somebody found the cooler with no lid and bullet holes. So they found the cooler that the body was stuffed in. And so now he wanted to find the murder weapon, too, or the likely murder weapon. So they start looking in the Debbie McIntyre, and they found out that Debbie McIntyre had bought a twenty-two caliber Beretta six weeks before that final weekend of June in 1996. And she initially had all these stories about why she did it and all these things. But she later admitted that Tom Capano asked her to buy the gun and that she had given it to him. Hmm. Now, he had ditched it, but they had now somebody saying that, oh, yeah, I got him a gun, too. So now they just go ahead and they charge Tony Capano with murder. At the trial, Capano changed his tune. Because the first, like, all this time he saying he didn't have anything to do with it, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. Now he said, yes, I did dump Anne-Marie's body. Yes, I did get the dumpsters emptied early. Yes, she did die in in my house. But what he's saying is that he and Anne-Marie he had reconciled. And that they were spending time together at his home when Debbie McIntyre, his other mistress came in unannounced, pulled a gun, and threatened to kill herself. Tom then claimed that he tried to wrestle the gun away from her, and that as this was happening, a shot went off and anne Marie was killed. Damn. And prosecutors use Tom Capano's own legal history against him because there's a case in 1976 when he was in a in uh, a deputy attorney general in Delaware where he successfully prosecuted a similar case, and told the defendant at the time that he would have gotten away with the murder. If it were for you meddling kids. No. Hmm. But close. If he would have dumped the body in the Atlantic Ocean and not in a lake in Delaware. Because they just dredged that part of the lake and found the body. So despite a jury that would later say that they were convict- conflicted and that they actually, when they took a vote, it was like basically 50-50 on whether or not they thought he was guilty. Tom Capano was eventually found guilty of first degree murder. And very briefly, was sentenced to death, but that was later commuted down to life in prison. He was the first person in American history to be sentenced to death in a crime where the... Since they had brought back the death penalty, I should say, not like way back when, when they just hanged people for looking at you wrong. Uh, He was the first person in modern American history to be sentenced to death in a crime where both the body and the murder weapon were never found. Hmm. And so just to kind of fast forward here and to kind of give you a whole thing on this... On September 19th, 2011, Tom Capano was found dead in a cell in a Delaware prison. Sudden cardiac arrest was determined to be the cause. Joseph Capano passed away in 2015. And Jerry and Louis Capano have very recently been embroiled in a fight over the family's real estate business. And... It sounds like
0: Jerry Lewis. (laughs) Yeah. Jerry Lewis Capano. He goes, hey lady, in macaroni. Is that... Yeah. Is that what he does? Yeah, yeah that's what he okay. does. Okay. All right. I and get it. And
1: they're all looking for Dean Martin. Right. And then they want you to give money to kids with muscular dystrophy. We're going full out. The yeah, Jerry we're Lewis going full day. Jerry Lewis. Yeah. And so several books were actually written about this case. It's a pretty famous case. One of them, Ann Rule's book, And Never Let Her Go, was turned into a TV movie in 2001. And Mark Harmon uh, played the Tom Capato role in that.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I
1: remember him. Yeah, he's still around. He do- he doesn't do that NCIS show. I
0: think that's the thing. I don't. I wouldn't.
1: It was like the number that. one show on television. It might still be the number one show on television. I don't know. Who watches television anymore? So that's uh, that's Delaware. You made it through. We muddled through somehow. I feel b- uh, better, and you're not going to feel better for long because we still have to do one more thing. Okay. We have it's to play. It's time to play. Who died the worst? It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. That's right, it's time for everybody's favorite game, Who Died the Worst, where I give you three deaths and you tell me who died the worst.
0: Uh, I feel like the Magic Jack, or not Magic Jack, uh, you don't know Jack, people should have hired you. Why? Uh, I don't know, it's just, we, we... This is my lifelong dream. Yeah, it's your lifelong dream to fucking host a game show. Yeah, this is great. Uh, uh, Here's the thing, so, so we're eventually gonna do video... Uh, I think that when this part comes on, you should have like a uh, one of those old school mics, <laughs> like the real long thin the microphones. Bob Barker ones, right? Yeah. Like a Bob Barker mic. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy, like you are wearing a big like bow tie or anything. But but you should be like you should have like a some kind of like light like lit panel with like the uh, the uh, fuck those like round light bulbs. Yeah, the little LED bulbs or something. No, not LED, oh. but like just something old school. I don't know. Yeah. But you definitely have to have one of those fucking microphones for when this comes up.
1: But, however, Who Died the Worst is not a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.
0: I don't know what that means, so let's go on with it.
1: Uh, The first death is John Kendrick, the captain of the Washington, which was a, uh, a ship in early American times. He was in Hawaii when he met with the Jackal, a British ship. The Washington fired, and this is during no, peace And time. this
0: wasn't the guy from uh, WWF?
1: Right. It wasn't the leader of the Truth Commission. This was a ship called the Jackal. Okay. And a ship called the Washington. Okay. And they meet a British ship. This is after the war, so British-American relations are okay here. Yeah. and The British
0: so, one was the Washington. The American one was the...
1: Uh, no, the American one was the Washington.
0: Uh, oh, the Washington. And
1: the British ship that they saw was called the Jackal. Oh, the, okay. So the Washington sees a Jackal, and they fire a 13-gun salute as a greeting. Okay. And then the Jackal returned the salute, but one of the cannons they did the 13-gun salute with was loaded with grape shot, and it smashed into the Washington, killing Kendrick and a few others. Okay. So the first death is dying by 13-gun salute.
0: Hey, how about we don't do that? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Let's just not do that anymore. Uh, This is, you know, like... uh... Apparently, there are some people that think that they, you know, because they love guns and they're amosexuals and they probably sit there and masturbate their fucking guns all day. Uh, and I don't mean masturbate to their guns. I mean physically masturbate their guns. They're pumping that pump action. They pump it. They, yeah. They pump. Did you say pump that pump action? Yeah. All right. I like it. They, they pump like in it. that pump action. That's what they do. They sit there and they jerk their fucking guns off all day. And, uh, they think that because they do that, because they love, sucking their the fucking barrel of their guns. You uh, know, this is where sometimes I wish it accidentally went off. <laughs> um they think that they know how you know we we should feel about guns. Hey, I don't feel the same way you feel about guns, you homosexual fuck. I think that you people are fucking idiots. Uh anybody that's just like hardcore with the gun like with, with this whole gun thing A- again i'm I'm okay with and i'm totally okay with people having uh having it for protection and stuff like that i don't even mind gun ranges mm-hmm. gun ranges i'm completely okay with it's the people that have to take their fucking like their assault weapons it's out
1: people who need twenty thousand dollars worth of guns to defend their thirteen thousand dollar house
0: yeah really uh when you're taking your weapons out to like the woods You know, and you just need to shoot. "Ah, Look at this. Ah." this, These are also the same people that like to roll around in mud. They're pigs. You know, I come from a highly uh, sophisticated area (laughs) called South Philly. (laughs) All right. And
1: reference the neck, my dude.
0: (laughs) Right. And look what they did. I used to take the I used to take the uh, the side of the pig farmer, but now that I've lived around pigs so much, I uh, I don't anymore. All right, I understand why they were like, no, we need to shut these people down. We need to fucking give them beds, and now we're gonna make ordinances and pass laws that say that this isn't okay. I get it. I take uh, I take. I'm being such a jerk off right now. It's okay. Let's just get back to it. death number two. <laughs> death number two is James Otis Jr.
1: James Otis Jr. was a good friend of John Adams, a firebrand speaker, and one of the many provident, provident, prominent uh, American revolutionaries who has been largely lost to history. After independence was achieved, things got a little weird. Otis got in fights, he would seemingly argue with himself in public, and he was killed by a lightning strike while standing in a doorway. Oh, jeez. So death number two is killed by a lightning strike while standing in a doorway. And then death number three is going to take us to England. uh, Well, actually to Northern Ireland. And it's going to be British soldier Sir Arthur Aston. He, at one point in his life, suffered injury. He was a British soldier for a long time. And at one point had suffered injuries so serious from falling off his horse that he needed to have his leg amputated. And now he obviously can't serve in the military anymore, so he was made the governor of the Irish port town of uh, Drogda, I believe you would say it, or Drogheda, Drogheda, and at the time he was uh, the governor, English forces led by Oliver Cromwell invaded, uh, invaded Ireland, and this is a port town in Northern Ireland, so this is one of the first points of the invasion, and Cromwell demanded that anyone who took up arms against his forces be killed, no, ta- He was basically doing that whole take no prisoners thing But literally And despite Aston surrendering uh, Legend has it that he was to be killed But the Cromwell soldiers Suspected that Sir Arthur Aston Had gold in his wooden leg Gold coins hidden in there So they beat him in the head With the wooden leg trying to break it open For coins to come out Like it's a reverse fucking pinata And he died from the injuries Of getting hit in the head with his own wooden leg so, okay. death number one, to recap, is the 13-gun salute, and when they give you the 13-gun salute back, one of the, one of the rounds is live, and it sinks you. Uh, well, not sinks you, but kills you. Death number two is you're standing in a doorway, and you get struck by lightning. Death number three is beaten to death with your own wooden leg, because they think there's coins inside. The leg, not your head.
0: Gotta be funny. That would be funny if every time you just punch somebody in the head, it made that coin sound and like <laughs> Mario. Like Mario, yeah, like where you jump up and you hit the the fucking yeah. brick. Yeah.
1: Well, people think Mario hits the brick with his head, but he doesn't because in the animation you see he ha- he's raising his fist, so he's doing like a jumping punch to the brick. Okay. So, I ask you, who died the worst?
0: All right. Wait, did you go over all three again?
1: Yes. You did. Do you remember what I went no, on? No, I don't. Okay.
0: Death number one. <laughs> right. I was reading something. Sorry. Go okay. ahead.
1: Death number one is the 13-gun salute with a live round. Death number two is getting struck by lightning in the hallway. Death number three is, hey, I think that wooden leg has coins in it. Let's break it over the guy's head.
0: Okay. Hmm. This is tough for me. This is tough because I don't know if anybody here died because of them. You know, like it was their fault, was it? Um, no. I mean, no, because the salute thing wasn't the per- yeah. People he didn't that got invent killed. the
1: thirteen gun salute. No,
0: but it's yeah. not even about inventing. It's yeah. about asking for. It. He didn't ask for. Well, they did salute first, but that was the custom at the
1: time. That's what you did.
0: That's true. It's true. Okay. So you have that, and then the second one was the
1: getting struck by lightning in the hallway, in the doorway.
0: In the doorway, that's totally. And I mean, you can say, "Why are you standing in a doorway that during doesn't a matter. storm?" You can stand yeah. at a fucking doorway. So he's standing in a doorway, and he gets shot. And then the the coin thing. Um, this is a tough one for me. Um, I mean, if we look at like what was the dumbest way to die, or the cra- fucking craziest, it would probably be the leg thing, maybe because I, I, it's subjective you know well yes
1: this is a subjective game
0: there an. are you a, sure yes i don't like the way you say it like that i don't like to say well yes it's you don't need to say that i don't like that attitude i don't like the way you you, you did that to me it, it, that that i feel like i'm being patronized uh, or you're you have this like just patronizing tone i i don't like it it makes it makes me feel like you're trying to belittle me like you're bullying me I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why we're friends and you would try to do this. Why would you want to make me feel small? That was not my intention. It's always your intention. You're a hurtful person, BP Burke.
1: I'm just a character.
0: That's true. All right. I'm going to pick one at random here. Okay. Actually, no. All right. I'm not going to pick one at random. I'm going to give it to you. Wait. Yeah. I-, I died the worst.
1: So smart, but so dumb.
0: So oh, we see. are dumb. <laughs> no, see, we, <laughs> we are, are smart.
1: So smart. We are not so smart.
0: We are not so smart.
1: And now we're going to get in trouble because we just quoted Bill Cosby. That's a,
0: we can quote Bill Cosby. We're allowed to like <laughs> Bill Cosby. <laughs> you just switched off the mixer. <laughs> like, he like, puts something down on the table you're like, fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. I'll give it to you. You're going to pick this oh. week. Ooh. Yeah, you're going to choose.
1: I am going to choose the guy who got shot by the cannon. Really? Yeah. Because the guy who got beaten to death with his wooden leg, that's like, if this was who died the funniest, yeah, you're beaten to death with your own wooden leg, that's kind of funny. But that guy was going to die anyway. They were going to kill... They were invading the town. They were going to kill the governor. That guy was dead. That guy was a dead man. Okay. Just instead of being hanged, he was beaten to death with his wooden leg, which sucks. Right. Uh, The lightning guy... People get struck by lightning all the time. It sucks. But, like, stay inside. Stay indoors when there's a rainstorm or a thunderstorm. You probably won't get struck by lightning.
0: Uh, The guy who got hit with the... It would be different if he was in his doorway and he got struck by lightning, but his doorway was... In the fucking like bedroom, like, like, yeah, like inside, like, yeah. And, yeah, he's inside, and if because if that were the case, like, if he was in his doorway, yeah, but the lightning somehow came through like the window and hit him in the doorway, then he would be the winner with, oh, yeah. without a problem, like. But the guy, the
1: guy who was on the the ship, he's just following custom. This is what you did, right? And be- it was somebody else's fault, and they loaded a live round into the ceremonial shot and he died because of it. So that is who died the worst.
0: Alright. If you have any questions, comments, email us at murdermydude at gmail.com. Uh go to ProjectHumanoid.com. There's a questions comment section.
1: We are all over social media. Murder my dude pretty much everywhere. The Facebook URL is podcast my dude, but if you look up Murder My Dude on Facebook, you will find us.
0: Well, that's just that doesn't even need to be explained to anybody. Of course they know that if they looked up Murder My Dude, they would find us. Everybody knows that. Okay. You can search, yeah, the 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 when we say that we can't have but that was explained months ago about the we couldn't have the URL podcast. It's not that they we can't say because you keep saying we can't say murder. We can't say murder. Oh. It's in the it's in the title. Mm-hmm. It's just not in the URL. Right. Or the little at.
1: It's what? Facebook.com slash podcast, my dude. Is that what they it want to go to? Sure is. Okay. Well, there you go.
0: Um, check out our buddy Nicole Cosby's uh podcast stand up Uh head on over to uh our buddy Tony's podcast, uh interviews with everyday people. It's uh, part of his IWEP family. He has interviews with everyday people, he has banging beers, not cool in high school. Uh, what else does he have?
1: He has the Tornado Tag podcast.
0: Tornado Tag, yeah, that's, uh, that wrestling podcast. But y- you
1: won't hear BP Burke on there, but there's a guy, Brian, who sounds very similar to me, uh, that's oh, okay. on that show.
0: Yeah, wears the same clothes, lives in the same bedroom as you. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. Goes to the bathroom same exact time as you.
1: It's very messy. Yeah. It's incredibly messy. Yeah. So, uh, also, yeah. kind of a, uh, an announcement here, new time slot. Murder, my dude is moving. It will no longer be on Mondays. Oh. This is the final Monday murder, my dude. <sighs> Goodbye. You will be hearing us on Thursdays. 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 From Thursday here mornings. On. Thursday mornings.
0: We have a uh, sports season, football season coming up. Mm-hmm. So uh, because of that, Brian uh, BP, uh, the guy that sounds like I uh, sound
1: so much like the Brian from Tornado Tag Podcast. He gets confused. I get it. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. It's okay. It's you. It's just you. You're the same person. What? No, yeah, never. No, no, no. Your real name is Brian. Your BP is your character. Yeah, Brian Paddington Burke. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's your character. It's not your real name. Oh. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm Jack. But I'm Jackson on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my character. Uh yeah. We decided that we're not going to do it uh, on Sundays anymore. We're going to start doing Wednesdays. Yeah, we have look, look. We're big Eagles fans, and uh, not only that, but he needs to watch all of the footballs. I do love the footballs. He's got to watch all of the footballs all day long. You know, he's like, just an Eagles. Fan. Now, me, I couldn't give a shit. I could not give a fuck. About other fucking teams. I don't care about them. I'll watch them if they're on, but to sit there and actually, like, just go out of my way to watch, it's, I, I don't know. I just, it's weird, especially because sports is different than, like, wrestling. Wrestling is not like you're rooting for the home team. There's no team. You know, it, It's it's been ingrained in us to, to root for the home team.
1: Because if they don't win, it's a shame.
0: It is a shame. Uh... So this is like in his room right now. There's Eagle stuff hanging. There's Flyer stuff. There's uh Philly stuff. There's I, no Sixers stuff.
1: I need to get some Sixers stuff.
0: Yeah. You do. Yeah. There's no Sixers stuff. But the thing is, is that like, that's really what. So why care about watching the other teams? And if you do care about watching them, then, then just abandon your love for your home team. And like, just like all of them, or just get other teams too like if you're gonna watch, that that's why I don't watch them because I don't get I don't like I like tennis right, mm-hmm. and I used to watch Roger Federer because that was that was my boy when I would watch it, but then I I don't know like I I stopped kind of it's different it's different with them too because it's it's still not a sp- it's not that's a bad one. I'm gonna throw that one out I don't know man it's just strange to me to sit there and really care about. Watching the other ones. I don't, you like football. You like football. I don't know. I and like I the. Do. I, I, like I, I like the Eagles. That's just that's just what it is with me. Is I like the Eagles, so I don't give a shit about. Yeah, because like, except if it's like playoffs or Super Bowl, yeah, obviously.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. Like, and and if the Eagles aren't playing, I'm watching the red zone. I'm not watching like a game. I'm watching the red zone, and I'm playing fantasy football usually. So that
0: goes into it. Yeah, and God, grow up. You may be an adult. Play fantasy murder
1: my dude So that's how we ended up the show this week, huh?
0: It is. It is.